Watkins misses the ball in the six-yard box. It's an absolute easy tap-in as well. If he connects with the ball at all, it goes in. Unless he connects with it like Jacob Ramsey connected with his one. <laughs> Did he know Diaby was there? <laughs> it's a dummy to Diaby. I'm sure if, he, if that was intentional, that's nominated for the... Did what the fuck award? You get me dummy in the ball to Diaby, given how he was playing today. What do you want to bet against us? Against us? That morning sky gave me a look. So I left while you were sleeping. That's all it took. And I figured out what it is that I love so much about Emery. He wants to win. And you might think, you might think that's an awful simplistic way of viewing what this man has done for us in 2023, but that's ultimately what it all stems from, a genuine desire to win. Like that, that Burnley match was painful at times, a lot of the time I'd say, and, and when we missed those chances and they got that easy goal, I actually had a wry smile, I was even thinking... <laughs> You have to respect football, don't you? Something almost poetic about it. You don't take your opportunity. You get smacked in the face, and you get <laughs> smacked. You get smacked hard, and it, like it, it happens, sure as day. Like you will get punished if you don't take your chances. And there is something nice knowing that that that's true. Shit, when it happens to you. But another manager, another manager would have felt sorry for themselves. Would have felt like me. <laughs> so, so many other managers, and we've had most of them down through the fucking years. They would have already bored us to tears before this game, talking about the injuries and the suspensions, and they would have spent the last 12 minutes of that game preparing their press conference. It's somebody else's fault that the players balled it up. We didn't take our chances. Injuries, suspensions, 12 minutes to go for Unai Emery. He turned to the crowd, lifted his arms, started roaring, telling the fans to come on, get behind us. It doesn't matter how we're playing. It doesn't matter how well I can dress up this draw. I just want to win. <laughs> and when you put a man that intense, that smart, that experienced, that hungry, underneath that pure desire to just win every match, no excuses. You get the year that we have just had. You get the 2023 that we've just had. One of the greatest years of my life. Second <laughs> only to Man City in the 2023 league. The best home record all year long. An absolutely brilliant December now that it's all said and done. And we only have two league games in January. So we can catch a breather. Maybe even upgrade. And we've got a United fan base looking at 18 games to go thinking... Bring it on. I just want to win too. <laughs> yeah, one of the greatest years of your life, Conan. And you probably forgot there as you were just saying that, that you also got married this year as well. But <laughs> maybe it's the hope for the new year coursing through my veins. Maybe it's the holiday spirit. Maybe maybe it's all the spirits coursing through my veins right now. But I think we, we played we played quite well yesterday. Like we, we, we really needed to get a win there. And the last two results were horrible. We have a lot of players missing. Emery's decision to play with nobody who can defend on the entire left-hand side of the pitch. A lot of things were working against us, and we got the win. Other than two atrocious pieces of defending. The story of that game is that during the first half, all the players looked like they'd been hitting the Christmas spirits a bit too hard recently. But then we got our halftime kebab, had a chat with ourselves, and completely dominated them in the second half. It just so happens that sprinkled in between 
they scored two shit goals while this was all happening. It was almost entirely irrelevant to the pattern of the game. We went out, scored three goals like we always do at home, could have scored, should have scored six or seven. And Burnley, who are easily the worst team we've played this season, I mean, you have three Irish players in their books, for fuck's sake. Just happened, <laughs> just happened to score two goals. And because of the panic from the last two games, because Longley was on the pitch, because the ball was off the pitch a split second after it arrived, anywhere near Musa Diaby, it felt like a slog. But it wasn't. You know, the two the two goals we conceded were really annoying. And the fact that we didn't score six goals is frustrating. But it's going to be okay. And do you know why I know that? Because I'm saying it. I'm sitting here with a fucking hangover the size of the roof on the whole end, but I know it's going to be okay. It's like We'll get knocked out of the cup now on Saturday, and then it's plain sailing for the rest of the season. I'll tell you what's happening here. The last game you watched, you watched it with me. So no matter what, you were getting a way calmer, way calmer, more serene experience this time around. And then also... I watched this one. You've watched it delayed. You've ignored everything. You didn't know the result. In fairness, I'll give you that. But I'm watching it with the Collective Villa community. And we're all freaking out together. We're all bouncing off each other. We're all cracking up at each other. People are already putting up their team sheet for the next match. And <laughs> can we just score a goal, please? Can we just stop making the mistakes, please? We're all winding each other up. You're sitting there now, relax. You've had two days, another bloody wedding, believe it or not. And you're finally just getting to sit down and watch a bit of football. And life's pretty all right where you're standing. I'm just glad I had put a WhatsApp ban on and didn't see your team coming through with Watkins, <laughs> Duran and Carlos up front. <laughs> John Duran, I'm going to talk about that hero later on. I mean, I'm just going to admit it, a real life WhatsApp win. When I saw him, when it was flashing over to the subs bench once again, I thought, about time. And then I saw John Duran and went, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> because the last time I had just asked why do we have John Duran and Watkins up top I'm not in charge, it's all fine, nobody needs to worry about what I'm thinking but <laughs> but let's get into the goals and who else, who else is going to get the first one but Leon Bailey and it's Diego Carlos the long ball into the channel, I was thinking and then in fairness I thought about it a lot after as well, we're spending far too much time watching Diego Carlos stand on the ball but he sees Watkins going off on a little run and he just plays it. And like twice we've played Watkins in the last two games, a ball in between the centre back and the full back. And twice Watkins has created a goal, happened both times in this game. He goes and collects it, drives inside. The pass is, I would say it's nice. I'm, I'm not sure if he really knew which of them he was playing it to. Diaby and Bailey was there. I assume he hoped it went to Bailey. And. <laughs> But but there's just two of them there is the point, and he's left it on the outside for the for the two of them to come out, and it's Bailey who likes it, and just a little shimmy. Like he doesn't panic. This is ice cold Bailey. This is twenty twenty three Bailey. He just takes a little touch past Charlie Taylor, I think it is, and gets a little deflection. But it's just emphatic the way it goes into the roof of the net, and that's what Leon Bailey does in those positions. Yeah, it's a, it's a decent toss, a decent toss over the top for Ollie. I mean, exactly the type of pass we've been moving away from playing him. But when you, get him, when you get him isolated against a championship defender, it is a good idea to do that. And he just shows brilliant composure to stop, stand his man up, realise he's shite and run past him. And then he plays a bad ball to the Abbey, but luckily Bailey is coming in around the back. <laughs> and the touch from Bailey is lovely to dummy the shot and work the space again at that speed that we see Leon Bailey do everything at. And it's not a good finish, but he probably deserves his luck because of the touch. And sure, if that didn't go in like that, his customary goal would have come some other way anyway. 
<laughs> a few seconds later, <laughs> Burnhead Burn responded. We had just moved Austin McPhee up the Vyman meter in the last match. We were saying he should have had the perfect hat trick. He had such a good performance against Man United away from home. And I think this goal maybe just proves that Austin McPhee is still spending too much time moving his little figurines around, dreaming up attacking inventions and forgetting to just work on clearing a ball into the box. Simple agricultural Matt Cash-esque crosses into the box. Just Can we just practice it? You don't even need to be clever about this. You don't need to be too systematic. Just practice boys going up and getting their head on it and... Oh, it's just another set piece that we can't head clear. It's come from the left wing. It's O'Shea on Moreno. So it's, it's a mismatch there. And O'Shea heads it across to a Burnley player past three Villa players. And it's Amdouni who puts it in. Yeah, and in the, in the build-up to this as well, you could hear Unai shouting, ball, ball, ball. And then Diaby takes that far too fucking seriously and tries to run through the Burnley winger who was facing the wrong way as well. I mean, we had defended that situation quite well. We got bodies back, had them facing the wrong way. And this wasn't the last time Diaby was over-eager during the game. We might come back to that later on, I have a sneaking <laughs> suspicion. But the, the, free, the free kick is a decent clip to the back post. And I know I know you're not a fan of the, the blockers and man-markers and then the lads who can actually head the ball free to go get it. And I know I've called you an idiot for being so jittery about it in the past. But Conan, Merry Christmas, you were right. I mean, if, if you have a system that ends up with Alex Moreno isolated with a centre half, it's a bad system. And you and you don't you don't have to be a season ticket holder at the Aviva to know that Daro Shea coming in at the back post shouldn't mean you're fucked. But when he's <laughs> up against Alex Moreno, you are fucked. Yeah. And you, you also but you also don't need to be a big fan of Tony Pulis to admit that this set piece routine is impossible to defend against. <laughs> I mean, we have been we've been so fortunate with it recently as well. And we know Austin McPhee is a big fan. And maybe that's what he was thinking. Maybe he just set up his team and thought, if you're good enough to put that ball on Darrow Shed's head from Darrow Shea's head from there, then fair play to you. Nothing we can do about that. But it was <laughs> it was so bizarre, such a bizarre setup when everybody in our team who can actually head the fucking ball was at the front post. So where do you think the ball's gonna go? Yeah. Well, it's going to go to the back post and then somehow they're going to drift across just as it's played back across to the front post. (laughs) (laughs) And none of them are there to to head clear the second ball. I'll tell you what, if Austin McPhee is really keen on upgrading as well, because, you know, we and I Emery's talking about it, the club are going to look to push on. What what a masterstroke, what a coup it would be to get in Tony Pulis alongside him. (laughs) (laughs) You co-assistant, assistant, whatever you want, assistant to the chief set piece coach, just have Tony Pulis in there as a consultant even. Just like, yeah, just in the back post there, works every time, trust me. <laughs> anyway, the second goal, ball into the channel for Ollie Watkins. <laughs> I know we've moved away from it. I don't want to move away from it. He's too good in those positions. And this Konza pass is just gorgeous. It, it it reminded me, not as good, but remember Tyrone Mings' ball to Danny Ings that time? Just a little floating ball in over the top. Great touch from Danny Ings. I think he lobbed the keeper. Was it against Wolves? I'm not sure. But just a curling, kind pass. And yeah, this Watkins ball is beautiful. Or sorry, the Konza ball into Watkins. Into the channel, down the right this time. And Watkins' is pullback. Not as sharp as Bailey, but it's sharp. It looks good. He pulls it back like he's going to go on to his left, and he just goes back onto his right again, and he sets up Diaby, who 
scuffs it into the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Peter Witt would have been proud of him. He still scored a goal. So it, it counts, and he was in the right position, and he got the goal. It was delighted for him, and I was delighted to see Watkins and Diaby link up again. It seems like a long time since we've seen that. You're right to point out it's such a lovely ball from Konza. It is Mings-esque as well, but it's absolutely terrible from the fullbacks, the Burnley fullbacks. I mean, I've seen I've seen Zuma wrestlers in better shape than that back four. Where the fuck were they going? And it's a great touch from Ollie Watkins and another great touch and another great touch. It's a brilliant composure again. And both times with his goal, he gets his head up and he's looking for his man. But just like the first one, it's a really bad ball to Ramsey. But luckily, Diaby is coming in around the back. <laughs> <laughs> Ramsey didn't look too happy about it either. I think he, he, kept, he was looking back at Watkins to say like that was a shit pass <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what Connor? he was right it was a shit pass especially because maybe maybe Jacob Ramsey although he wasn't exactly in a great position to be given out to Diaby maybe we'll come back to that later yeah, uh, right. maybe Jacob Ramsey knew the type of form that Diaby was in but luckily Diaby doesn't connect with the ball well this time and so it goes into the net <laughs> I was going to say, thank God it didn't fall to Jacob Ramsey and it fell to Diaby, but as later on we'll show, that won't make much sense. Either. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Then, Jesus Christ. Like, like, I know you're saying we played well, but it's hard to feel that when you can see the goal like this. I mean, set pieces, we can't defend those. We all praise your high line, so uh, like that's very effective. But it's we're going to concede from set pieces all the time, it seems, and we're going to concede from flick-ons behind our fullback all the time, from just hoofs up the pitch. And this is a goal kick. This is a goal kick, kicked high up into the sky, onto the halfway line, and it's flicked on, and they're through. And it's like, it doesn't even have to be passed. It, 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 they're through. Foster is through, and he goes straight through and scores a goal in behind Moreno. Longley always seems to just disappear in those situations. Actually, it was Pau Torres in, in this case, and it was Diego Carlos that got closer. Diego Carlos got closer to Foster in stopping this goal from, from right centre-back. I don't know what's going on here. Like the, 
I thought these goals were gone. And when Niall Quinn and Robbie Keane were doing it for Ireland, it was at least they were at the edge of the box. The ball was going <laughs> was being flicked on and Keane was sort of just finding a half space. And this is just a full half of a pitch to run onto from a flick on. It's absolutely terrible. Like Douglas Louise has to go to that ball. I mean, he's watching it drop out of the sky for about four seconds. Douglas Louise or Pau Torres. I mean, our defenders are 50 yards out. We need to have pressure on the ball somewhere. Go up and put pressure on that flick on. And I know Foster is stronger than Alex Moreno, but that was Matt Target stuff. Like that, that was not good enough from Alex Moreno. He was fucking throwing around like a rag doll. It was pathetic. And you said flicked on in behind Moreno. It was flicked on alongside Moreno. Like his, his starting position is terrible. The fact that he's just jogging around alongside Foster without being able to stop him apparently is terrible. And then Diego Carlos, I'm not going to blame Diego Carlos. He comes bounding in from 50 yards away. Well, from 20 yards away, like he said. He comes across, but he doesn't come across enough. Like he almost stops before he gets there. Like he's trying to stand up and watch the shot happen before it goes in. Just go across to him now. You, you, you've seen what how Alex Moreno can apparently defend badly. So come across now. Get on that shot. Foster's not going to do anything there. He's obviously going to shoot. Just go <laughs> to the shot. Get on his toe. I don't know what he was thinking. Putting in all that effort to come across, complete it. It's a good hit, but also, again, it's not good enough for Emmy Martinez. I mean, Foster does spank it quite well, but to be beating at your front post like that, Emmy Martinez will be annoyed at that. I really hope so, anyway. Yeah. The winning of the game, though, and we have to take another moment for Leon Bailey down the right. It's just absolutely brilliant. It's so positive. It's so dangerous, you know, and, and it did feel like <laughs> a lot of the time it was like, can we just get it to Bailey? It felt like we weren't getting it to him enough. You know, all the people were freaking out. Bailey was getting the ball and running at them. And here he goes down the right-hand side. And when he looks like he's run out of space, he just cuts inside across the byline. It's so direct. It's so ruthless. And like, his pass isn't amazing. He's looking for Duran inside. He goes to Aaron Ramsey. Aaron Ramsey's touch. Aaron Ramsey needs to wake up here. Like a lot of people are talking about this being soft. It probably was, but like it's, he kicks John Duran. He, you're, you've touched the ball in the box, not expecting somebody to be around you. John Duran is going to be around you. That man is mad. Like he comes in, <laughs> takes the ball off your toe, and you've kicked him, and you kicked him, and he goes down. And like he, if he's sharpen up there, if he clears the ball, if he moves it quicker, there's no penalty. You don't need to worry about it. And then Douglas Louise, <laughs> in your own time, mate. Douglas Louise takes over 20 seconds. I counted it from the whistle going. He stands, takes his breather, and he hits it off the bar, off the line, off the bar, and in. Oh my God, the nerves watching that whole match was awful, and it came to a mad crescendo here. Absolutely. Uh, Liam Bailey makes fucking Charlie Taylor look like an absolute child here. And to be fair, Char- Charlie Taylor was looking for his goalkeeper like a child looking for his parents in the supermarket all afternoon as well. He's so dramatic with those back passes. <laughs> throwing his entire body behind simple headers under yeah. no pressure. How many diving headers did he complete back to his goalkeeper when nobody near him? I think he had a diving chest at one stage as well. Yeah, he, 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 that was so badly completed that he nearly fell on top of the ball with his face. It was mental stuff. John Duran's pace is absolutely terrifying. I mean, it's it's not good from from AJ. You're right. Like he, he has to know what's going on there. He has to sharpen up. He also has to sharpen his razor as well and get rid of whatever that is on top of his upper lip. But <laughs> it's 
it's definitely definitely a dive from John Duran. Let's get real here. It's it's pathetic. I mean, no way getting kicked in the bottom of your foot does that to your body. You shouldn't be doing that. You should just turn around and run past. <laughs> run past Aaron Ramsey, who isn't going to be defending against him, apparently. But Aaron Ramsey's asking for trouble doing that. Wake up. You're in the box. You can't just take a touch and then leisurely try to kick it out of play. Couple of more decisions just before we wrap up the top of the show. Is the Sanderberg red? Vincent Company talked about both of them being soft. I mean, one of them was a very late tackle on JJ. Completely obvious yellow. The second one was more obvious yellow. I mean, we need to start praising the referee here in, in these instances. Like a shirt pull couldn't have been any more clear. It doesn't matter if you think, oh, that's soft. This this is the exact reason why when people say we need football people in there and var. Like, talk about people who would muddy the waters you would have football people in there saying yeah yeah but that happens all the time it's like it shouldn't you should get a yellow card every time that happens and it's a clear second yellow and like that sanderberg red or the second yellow all starts from our man diavi great pressure there was a throw-in and he, he was marking three different people he was sharp across the ground and he forced that sort of long throw inside and, and to talk about Aaron ramsey not waking it up sanderberg thinks he's going to get that much time facing that way in that area of the pitch and Douglas Louise nicks in in front of him and wins it back so that was good play from Villa yeah and it happened to the Knights of Plonker either I mean it's absolutely prophetic from Sanderberg and uh, complaining about those two like if you were to list out yellow card offences these would be the first two that most football fans <laughs> would write down an unbelievably late tackle nowhere near the ball and then pulling somebody's shirt who's running past you onto your back four it's pathetic yeah. and whenever I seen Sanderberg I was going to say take that touch whenever I seen the ball bouncing up in and around Sanderberg just reminded me of playing against a shit team and you know you're better than them, and you know the players. Like, how many times have you heard me shout, go, 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 ball, 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 get on the ball. This guy's in trouble. The ball's above his hips. He can't control that. He's shite. Just go take it off him. On his touch, on his touch. It was so simple. And that guy shouldn't be anywhere near a Premier League centre midfield. And he definitely shouldn't have been near that pitch after those two stupid tackles. Yeah. And we got away with one, I think, with Diego Carlos. <sighs> if it wasn't the red, which it might have been, but it was definitely a free that... that uh referee didn't give like did, this is annoying it seemed like Longley and Carlos both times put themselves in trouble for balls that they got to clear ahead of everyone else and just their brain not working quickly enough it just puts them under pressure Carlos trying to sort of dick this down to himself like I don't know what he was doing <laughs> he was just running alongside it hitting off the ball and then eventually has to handle because it it's getting away from him just sometimes Sometimes you just gotta put your foot through it. What would what would Matt Cash do? <laughs> yeah, like we'll we'll assume that he knew he was outside the box and he knew that Stuart Atwell is an absolute psychopath and was never was never gonna give a free kick a red card for that. I don't know. It was strange decision. I think it was a really strange decision from Atwell as well. I mean, he has to see that Carlos looks at the ball and moves his hand towards it. Maybe Carlos has reacted really well there, realizes that he's dying, he might get away with it. I don't want my centre half thinking like that. I want my centre half dealing with a really rudimentary ball played over the top. Yeah. Okay, that's the top of the show. That's the end of 2023. We're going to take a quick breather and we're going to come back with WhatsApp winches. Starting a new year as we mean to go on with some fines to hand out to players and it's usually now just trying to keep the ball in play that people are struggling with and the first one up is Diego Carlos. He's 30 yards out and I think he still thinks he's in his own half. He's trying to play a 
a pass forward, but we know Diego Carlos is okay at a pass forward when he's got 60 yards. This time he's 30 yards out and he plays a 60 yard pass. It's like that simple. <laughs> I mean, Diego Carlos, you have selected power drive. May I suggest, <laughs> may I suggest better touch? And he just boots it out of play. I don't know who he was aiming for. He was aiming for one of his friends in the stand, I assume. I don't know. It was dreadful. It was, so, it was nowhere near an Aston Villa player. Yeah. John McGinn tried to right foot across. I mean, John McGinn needs to stop trying right foot across as it went out of play. No, no, he and... doesn't. He needs to start completing right foot crosses. <laughs> this is so simple. It's so much time. He could even have gone on to his left if he was that desperate. It was pathetic. I can't yeah. believe he struck the ball that badly. And I can't believe you're suggesting that a Premier League footballer should not hit a, a ball with his bad foot. It was terrible <laughs> under no pressure. All he had to do was stick his big toe on that and bend it in across the six-yard box. And this this was after this was after a bit of filth from Ezra Conza as well, just like dragging it back to John McGinn. Pau Torres, he, he tried to right footer pass and went out of play. He needs to stop right footer passes. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> Emmy Martinez, 99th minute, we had a free kick. Emmy Martinez kicks the ball straight out of play. I don't think it was intentional. We spent probably 10 minutes talking about Sheffield United. <laughs> I hope it wasn't intentional, but I didn't enjoy it anyway. And Douglas Louise, another corner landing over the bar. Come on, stop it. And Douglas Louise also had a bit of a John McGinn shot as well from the wing, just trickling into the keeper's hands. Yeah, I mean, Douglas Louise is far too good to be hitting corners onto the roof of the net. I mean, that's absolutely pathetic. He needs to be putting those on target. The first WhatsApp wins. We have two centre-halves who look like they struggle with running. <laughs> Diego Carlos, we talked about him, he, he runs through the wind like he's lifting his legs up and he's, he's moving through it. Longley looks like he's trying to pull the wind out of the way as he's running. Longley has this really weird gait. I don't know if it's gait or is he just trying to see where the ball is at the same time. And he, he runs sideways and he's he's pulling the wind to his side. It's so strange that like he's trying to open a curtain as he's running. You know, with both hands. It's, it's fucking... It's like, I don't like it. It makes me jittery just seeing them running, and it's a very fundamental part of football, especially defending. I think both of them have their strengths. Both of them have been good in ways as well, but they're just... I think everybody would probably agree. It's just... It's just scary sometimes watching them play, especially the way we play. They both do have their strengths, and obviously Clement Longley's one of his isn't his upper body strength if he needs both hands to open a curtain. But that's... (laughs) Surely, surely this is just something that the lads in the the lads in the backroom team. There must be somebody there working on biomechanics. There must be ways to make these two lads be able to run more efficiently and quicker. I mean, this this they shouldn't have got to this stage of their career without being able to run. They're footballers. Yeah. Well, I got to thirty two, and somebody pulled me aside one time and said, "You know, you're you're landing on your heels when you're running," and I was like, "Oh, you're not supposed to do that." <laughs> I always wondered why I was so slow. So who am I to give out advice to Longley? Maybe I'm the perfect person. <laughs> Don't be like me. I, I blew it. Clement, I, I could have gone the whole way, but it was landing on my heels. <laughs> the second WhatsApp winch. Boys don't respect John McGinn's arse when he's wearing different clothes. You think he could be showing off his body a bit better if he just wore some pinstripes or something? <laughs> I just mean when he's playing in a different position. Like, when John that's McGinn's not, playing... That's not what you said. If that's what you meant, you're a long way from there. <laughs> when John McGinn's playing 
as a you know, one or two centre midfielders. You could say a defensive midfielder. When he's a man behind him, people don't play it. But when he's playing in the wing, when he's playing further forward, they're all happy to play it in the same position sometimes. It's just it's it's just it takes people a second to think I can't play that to him because we need him behind the play and we need him not being caught out. But it's still McGinn. He still wants that. But McGinn wants the contact as well. I, I think the best way if you're playing against McGinn is to back off him. Well, obviously, because he rolls so many players. But I also think sometimes he gets a bit confused when he doesn't have the contact. He knows where he is when he ha- when he feels somebody behind him and then he can spin around him and he can hold them off. He can win a free. He can trickle out. But I think sometimes he worries about turning around and seeing somebody right in front of them. Although then he can just pull out his pitching wage in fairness. But but it's it's just an interesting one when, when he's playing on the wing and he comes inside, we're happy to play him that pass no matter who's behind him, but we don't do it when he's defensive midfield as such. But this is this goes across most sports that we've ever played as well. I mean, you'll play any ball you want to a forward and complain when they don't control it, but you'll never play the same pass to a midfielder because they couldn't possibly control the pass that you're thinking about playing. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we giving out to the forward? <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah, just play it to McGinn. Respect his arse more. It doesn't matter what clothes he's wearing. There's a great arse underneath there. That's my point. The <laughs> third WhatsApp wins. I don't think you're going to like it, judging from your top of the show. Oh, I wish we had just stayed in our lane and not got ideas above our station. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it has been fun, you know, watching the match and then going through all the meltdowns that have been happening over the last two days. And I do think it was these are all feeding off each other in real time. <laughs> like I, I didn't know the result, but I was also I was just annoyed that we weren't gonna win this match that we were actually quite good in, given, especially given the last two performances when we were nowhere near good enough. I mean, we completely dominate the second half. I mean, we're gonna eventually come around to the Rosenthal Award, and this isn't just your, you know looking for content and putting, you know, pulling out 40-yard shots and saying he has to score from there. The, the, the chances we missed, the chances that Diaby missed, Jacob Ramsey missed. I mean, we we should have buried this team. And had we done it, the performance wouldn't have been any different. It's just that Musa Diaby would have put would have struck the ball in the middle of it and said underneath it more, mm-hmm. you know, at least once. And it would have been an incredibly comfortable afternoon. Alex Marino can't defend. We knew that anyway. Should we knew that get into the match? What's, what's What has really changed here? Aston Villa created 10 goal-scoring opportunities, and that's not including the ones that we the shots that we had from the edge of the box. We created 10 absolute sitters. We scored three of them. Yeah. I would just like to... It's actually Score really cool. Goals. Yeah. You know, it was really cool <laughs> when we were scoring six and against Brighton and four against West Ham and, you know, putting them to bed a bit more comfortably and... Yeah, I don't know. I just like to not have to rely on last-minute penalties from you know like you say duran made the most of it and duran was very clever I, sorry i didn't say duran made the most of it i said duran, <laughs> duran dived duran was very clever yeah he, he <laughs> game state he knew the game state and, and you know crystal palace even like, what a turnaround duran again there you go volley you're not going to take that away from him are you <laughs> half volley but three goals in injury time basically when we're one nil down get into that match these are the ones that really give you heart and mouth moments and you know what you wouldn't even have that you would just be enjoying the ride if we did just stay in our lane now we're fucking like did this goal put us top of the league join top of the league going into the turn of the year like there's just everything to lose now Let's take a breather. I think I need it. We'll come back after this. 
How many goals would Villa have conceded with Nyland in goals tonight? <laughs> well, Connor Haran would have scored an OG. Correct. <laughs> Has El Ghazi ever fucking controlled the ball first time? Only whenever he's hitting the ball first time 40 yards over the crossbar. No, 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 Liam, Liam. We've had this discussion before about people like Ronaldo. Like, you, don't, you don't take them off because they can do something like that. You were comparing Ross Barkley to Danny Drinkwater four weeks ago. <laughs> and now you're comparing him to Cristiano Ronaldo. Such a strange decision. A decision that was grounded in months of evidence that Ross Barkley is afraid of running, afraid of tackling, afraid of the football for fuck's sake. I was just trying to make an innuendo there about John Terry. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we dragged the shoe into that. <laughs> if by the end of this podcast I say that Matt Target had a bad game tonight, then I'll apologise for that. <laughs> but every time I've said Matt Target was shite, he was shite. Like, you know, this is the type of shit to get people talking whenever you're trying to watch a football match with them. People can't be trusted to have the correct opinion, so I just avoid them. And the camera caught them, and she goes, He does look like a cabbage, actually! <laughs> <laughs> Disgusting tackle, get off the pitch and don't speak to your children for a week. <laughs> you got Burnley Player of the Year. Think how low that bar is. You got Burnley Player of the Year because he did exactly what was asked of him. Put his head down and hit the ball high. Like that that's how you get Burnley Player of the Year. That is not an achievement. He's winning this category, fuck that. He was covering for Jack Grealish and Ross Barkley like you would not believe in the last 15 minutes of that. He was left back a few times. Unbelievable. That's our centre forward and that's not an instruction. That's just him seeing that Jack Grealish is brain dead in defence and thinking, oh, for f- I'm not losing this fucking game that I've tried so hard to win. I'll get back, you lazy little prick. Well, the good news, like, well, it's not even good news because of the double game week. Like, you would think, well, Barkley won't, like, one of your bench players will now come in, but Barkley will play someone against Sheffield United. So, the, like, the good news, you're falling into the trap of thinking that anyone gives a flying fuck about your fantasy football team. <laughs> Hit the fucking ball. I don't care what foot it's on. If I did that, I would sub myself off. <laughs> I mean, he had the same chance six oh. times. The same fucking chance. You think just even by a fluke, he would he would hit, hit the ball better this time? He finally came out and addressed those Cristiano comparisons. <laughs> How do you feel about being called the next Cristiano Ronaldo? And he said, I'm the only, I'm Warrell Gazi. Mings was going out of his way to make Joel Button look like fat Ronaldo before he was fat. <laughs> when 
what he actually is is a fat Wesley. <laughs> He's my favourite ever player to watch. I'd watch Villa if I didn't support them. In the same way I used to watch Real Madrid games to watch Zidane. Or Barca games to watch Ronaldinho. Yeah. And now he's gone. The future is bleak. But what I didn't need, Conan, was you harassing me since Friday with <laughs> fucking tweets from in the know fantasy fucking football managers. <laughs> Why do you keep bringing up Gareth Southgate? <laughs> Gareth Southgate is a fucking prick. Do you remember how excited I was 36 games ago and, you know, how easily you won me over by saying, no, it'll be good crack, we'll do a podcast. You're <laughs> such a fucking cunt. We have been dancing around this Ronnie Rosenthal award, but <laughs> let's get straight into it. And the first nomination, of course, comes from Musa Diaby. A chance that people might have even forgotten now at this stage. A Leon Bailey corner goes the whole way around him. Musa Diaby at the back post on the volley. is usually so good on the volley. What the hell was this? Just scuffs it out of play. Yeah, if, if ever there was an omen for what was to come. I mean, Jesus Christ, Shakespeare couldn't have composed this one better. Like, it was an absolutely terrible connection at the back post. Like, people will have forgotten about it, not just because of the chances that were to come, because but because Musa Diaby made it look like it wasn't really a chance. I mean, it goes about six yards wide, the back post. Yeah. Dreadful. Watkins did well, I think, from a volley. Uh, uh, Alex, Moreno. Surprise. <laughs> Alex Moreno definitely did well. He got his body and like his small body in between him and the defender and managed to bring the ball down and flick it over the defender and get it into Watkins. This was a big Diego Carlos up and under, a big rugby kick. <laughs> Only he wasn't he, he wasn't chasing underneath it. He just left it for Alex Moreno to go after. And it bounced in behind. And Alex Moreno made the most of it, flicked it over someone's head, and Watkins got a volley across and did everything right. An amazing save from the keeper. <laughs> Yeah, Marina was haunting it down, and, and it was brilliant. It was brilliant just again to see that lack of respect. This guy shot the balls in the air, just go in and win it. But I suspect he was flicking it over the defender to himself because whenever he looked up and he didn't, he stopped running. It was like he was like, "Oh right, Ollie's there. That's grand." <laughs> and look, spinning to catch a volley on your bad foot isn't an easy skill for me, but for a centre forward in the Premier League, I want to see him connect him with a ball better than that. Fuck me. Are you suggesting he should stop using his left foot? No, I'm suggesting he should use his left foot properly. <laughs> Next nomination is Musa Diaby. It's a well-worked corner, I would say. Douglas Louise, that one onto McGinn on the byline. Only McGinn plays it back to Douglas Louise, who rolls it to Diaby. It's rolled, it's sat perfectly. So much space for his left foot over the bar. Talk about omens to come. Yeah, and, and there was one just before that as well where Watkins and Diaby were, got themselves into a little bit of a muddle. I mean, it's, it was so simple and the ball goes over the top and Watkins is running through in it. The, Watkins knows he's offside though, but he needs to tell Diaby that because then Diaby's not running quickly enough and the two of yeah. them just let the ball go through to Trafford. I mean, Here, that, well, that was a really, really big chance. Does Diaby pull out a little bit? Like, the, Sometimes I think he, he bends his run. There's a couple of times when he can block someone down or he can win a 50-50 or he's in a 50-50. I just don't feel like he goes for them enough or he's, he's, he's even making that challenge or making the block. Or, like, Watkins was offside. He was right to not go for it. Maybe he didn't tell Diaby. I'm inclined to believe that he did tell him very clearly. But he ran, but he, like, <laughs> this is the thing. Like Watkins ran towards the ball then as well. It's like When he saw Diaby wasn't coming, Watkins then goes for the ball. I think he needs to run out of the way so Diaby is in no... 
under no illusion about what's happening here. I think he confuses Diaby, and then Diaby, I don't think he pulls out. I think he's pulling to the right because if Watkins was onside, I think Watkins is going to flick that with the outside of his boot to just put Diaby around the goalkeeper. Yeah, it was just, it was just frustrating to, to see. Diaby the, the from the corner, I mean, what a, what a lovely routine this was. And then watching the replay, you could hear Lee Hendry speaking over the top of it, saying, I'll tell you what, the strike's not too bad either. As the ball sails about a yard over the bar, straight down the middle of the fucking goal mouth. Terrible, <laughs> terrible connection from Diaby. There were three chances in a row then. One of them was um, Moreno, another sort of bouncing ball into Jacob Ramsey on the byline. Shows a, a lot of composure, actually, and he pulls it back. And John McGinn's there. And McGinn keeps it down, actually. We're always talking about John McGinn feeling like he has to put his laces through it no matter what. And this time he gets his instep around it. He gets it to the bottom corner. I'd say this is a good save. And the ball's still in play. Then it comes to Diaby. <laughs> then it's not as good a save because it's just far too easy for the keeper. Diaby's got a lot of space. Hits it with his left. And it comes out to Douglas Ruiz who just blazes it wide. Yeah, McGinn's doesn't doesn't start far enough outside the post. Diaby has the whole net to aim at. And look, I'd like to smash the ball off James. My socks are too tight. Trafford as well, but if like, you put it in the corner, roll it in, don't hit it at fucking chest height, six inches to Trafford's right. I mean, he couldn't, Trafford couldn't believe his luck, I'd say, as that ball was coming at him. Dougie's looked interesting. I, mean, I wouldn't mind seeing a replay of that. Like, Trafford was definitely scrambling for that as well, but maybe that was just because he f- felt like he was in a training session as Blad was hitting the ball fairly close <laughs> to him to get him back up off the ground. <laughs> And despite all of Diaby's chances, I'm going to come back to you a couple more. <laughs> the winner might well be Jacob Ramsey. Like this was an, this was a howler, an absolute sitter, and it's great, great link up from Kanza and Bailey, our boys, our heroes of the last few months. Yeah, Kanza, it's a one-two sort of. Bailey takes a touch, lets Kanza go running, and Kanza delays the pass. It's this is a centre half. Like let's, let's let's always remind ourselves this when Collins is doing bits like this. Delays the pass, looks up, waits, plays it for Jacob Ramsey, and he's just gotten under it. He's actually hit it wide a bit as well. He's about what five yards out. He's miles over. This isn't the first time Jacob Ramsey's had a miss like that as well. I remember like it just it just it just brought back an old memory of him coming across like that with basically an open net and just blasting it over just uh, probably say get your body over just put the ball in and Kanza wasn't happy if anybody deserves an assist it was Kanza for that yeah probably brought back memories of Watkins missing these repeatedly as well but it's <laughs> absolutely lovely exploitation from Bailey and Kanza just to show how diabolical Burnley really really are I mean two players let Kanza run past them into the into the box Kanza, Kanza gets yeah. to the six yard box before two players realise oh shit he's on the ball in our fucking box and Kanza does brilliantly again composure and this was the thing this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the the chances that we had it was we were so clinical up until the finishing you talked about the Ramsey pulling that one back for McGinn the one that was rolled back for Diaby as well the goals that we scored where it was Watkins looking up and drilling the ball across to somebody and it falling to somebody else because we had so many players in the box but <laughs> this is just like the Ramsey's finish I mean Christ almighty we can talk about Diaby hitting the ball straight at Cons are straight into the north stand as much as we want. I mean, this is this is terrible. Like this is as bad an attempt as his brother has made at growing a mustache. I mean, this is it's it's unforgivable stuff. He can't be doing that on a football pitch. And also, Jacob needs to score those chances as well. 
Yeah. Well, three more, three more chances to come still. So maybe there is some sort of substance to what you were saying about Villa playing all right. The <laughs> and it's Jacob Ramsey that sets up Musa Diaby and Ramsey going along the byline again. This is the thing. I think Ramsey hasn't been that good the last few games. I know he's coming back from injury. He's been frustrating me as well. More and more people getting on his back. The first half, I don't think he was great. I think he won the Axie Westwood Award in the last game. But I think he really grew into this match in terms of like just output. He might not have been completely involved down through the middle third and doing usual Jacob Ramsey bits, but a lot of chances were being created by him in the second half. Along that byline as well, he was showing a, a good bit of composure. And this is a Ramsey ball from deep and Watkins misses the ball first. I don't even know if that should be a nomination. It might be. It's that what? thing we do. No, it should be a nomination. <laughs> it's only because it goes to Diaby then for a chance. But yeah, Watkins does that thing that we do where we miss miss the ball. And then Diaby gets a touch and still manages to hit it over from close range as well. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, Ramsey Ramsey wasn't good and he hasn't been good up until the up until the but the next three chances we're about to talk about, I'd say. Well the one we just talked about. But the it's it's the this thing that we've seen so many times from him. He's cre- he creates three he's created three sitters doing exactly the same thing. This one starts off with a brilliant 30 yard one two between Ramsey and Moreno. You know how much I love a long range one two, Connor. And Ramsey <laughs> Ramsey again, like the composure, he looks up. And that left-footed drilled pass that we're all so used to. Like, how many times have we seen Jacob Ramsey do that on the byline? And then Watkins misses the ball. Goes through his legs. And you're like, we don't know if this should be nominated. What? You, this is the worst one, actually, apart from Jacob Ramsey. At least Jacob Ramsey connected with the ball with his one. Ollie Watkins misses the ball in the six-yard box. It's an absolute easy tap-in as well. If he connects with the ball at all, it goes in. Unless he connects with it like Jacob Ramsey connected with his one. <laughs> Did he know Diaby was there? <laughs> it's a dummy to Diaby. I'm sure if he, if that was intentional, that's nominated for the, the what the fuck award. You can't be dummy in the ball to Diaby, given how he was playing today. His finish no. is dreadful. So much time, so much space. Just put it in the net. The next one, like, this could be the nominee. This could beat Ramsey, actually. Watkins is fouled, and he still manages to set Diaby up. It's brilliant. He's on the ground. And he just plays a little delicate pass to Diaby's left foot in the box again. These are all in the box. And he just scoops it over again. Stop getting so under the ball. What is going on? Yeah, it's brilliant from JJ again. Exactly the same thing. And Watkins should leave it probably, but he does really well after he doesn't leave it. This this one he should actually oh, dummy to Diaby. Well, you want to leave it now, do you? <laughs> Diaby, Diaby has to score. I mean, I, if Diaby wasn't a professional footballer, he'd be he'd be a gigolo. The amount of leaning back he was doing in this game, it was bizarre stuff. Like get over the ball, man. What are you doing? You know, you know how to play football. You know how to strike the ball. Just put your knee over it. What the fuck? And um, one more nomination, and it's with a heavy heart that we have to bring for the first time Ollie Watkins into this category as well. <laughs> <laughs> It's a Moreno. It's a hanging cross, but we can see it's a hanging cross, and Ollie Watkins needs to adjust to that, and he doesn't seem to adjust it. And I think the annoying thing about this is that we knew this six-yard header was going to be like that. It was going to be tame, and it was going to go looping over the bar. When Jesus, he just needed to. Watkins has proven to me on some occasions that he can head the ball well. <laughs> So he, needs to, he needs to do the Tyrone Mings. He needs to get his neck back and absolutely thump it. And he doesn't do anything. He just lets it hit off his head and it goes 
harmlessly over the bar. This was a 2-2 as well. I was so pissed off at this one. Yeah, he, he makes it look like it's a bad cross. But, like, he gets up. The ball's not too high. He just decides consciously, because the ball is hanging as well, so he's got a lot of thinking time here. He decides to McGinn it with the top of his head. It was so strange. I mean, at least whenever John McGinn is hitting it with the top of his head, that's because he's crawling along the ground to head a ball that's six inches off the ground. But all he walking just... <laughs> Your center forward in the six yard box, stick your forehead on that, mate. I almost want to give the winner to Diaby for the one Watkins assisted him for when he fell down on the ground because it was Jesus, it was just perfect on his left foot in the center of the goals, really. And he's just scooped it over yet again. Like, I was actually thinking maybe give him too much credit. It's like, oh, he needs to stop going for the top corner, just get it in. But just get it in anyway is, is the point. But it maybe will be hard for Jacob Ramsey to lose this one. Like, I know what you mean because Diaby has got everything he wants there. He's got time, he's got space, he's got the ball at his foot. He's not moving anymore more unless he's deciding to move. Jacob Ramsey's coming in a pace. The ball is slightly behind him. The Ollie Watkins one, the ball goes through his legs. They're both terrible as well. Gee, I, I don't know. I, 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 you've talked me around there. Maybe it isn't Jacob Ramsey that's one of Colin. Maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't too hard to talk you around. Let's do the Peter Enkelman What the Fuck Award. Diego Carlos is nominated for his handball, Lyle Foster chasing him, and then I've got two Clement Longley nominations. One of them was just leaving the ball over the top to Emmy Merton. He just he lost so many yards to Lyle Foster, despite being so far ahead of him. It really showed maybe how fast Foster is as well, but how slow Longley is, and Merton is, I think, just got out. It was like a blocked clearance. Foster got in on top of him. The way I'm talking about Diaby doesn't seem to. And then... <laughs> Uh, and then Longley chasing a ball. You brought up my target. Longley chasing a ball is going on the sideline. He's just so polite sometimes. And and I told you, I told you, I worried about his physical makeup when, just just by looking at the picture of him when we signed him. And I was like, oh, this boy's just not. He just doesn't come across as elite center half physique. And he's just, he's just thrown to the side and it leads to a big chance for Burnley as well. Just, like, I don't want my centre-half just being brushed aside at that area of the pitch. Yeah, you don't want your centre-half being ragdolled out on the wing, especially when he was the deepest centre-half as well. I mean, if you go out that far, then the ball has to go out of play. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's really, really bad. The way Martinez dealt with Longley leaving that ball over the top to, with, to him, that's how Longley has to go into that tackle. It has to yeah. be a blocked tackle that moves the ball straight out of play and maybe even lifts the guy off the ground as he's doing it. Terrible. His centre-half doing that is, is, is unforgivable. And I think the winner, though, is Alex Moreno trying to double drag back on his way into our... <laughs> the hell is he doing i don't know that's <laughs> a really good question Connor. and he gets he doesn't even complete the first drag back he just stands on the ball and runs past it it was like he's presenting it to the burnley winger absolutely mental stuff from alex marino yeah let's do the paul merson oh that's just filthy award musa diaby you know what you're going to get nominated for this. It was an absolutely lovely touch. It was a long lay ball, actually, our two boys. Longley <laughs> plays him a long ball. Diaby just takes a little touch with a, you know, he's sort of lifting, his, he's flicking his foot out, you know, a bit of hip action and gets it with the outside of his boots as he's running along. It's, it's Bailey-esque, I would say, that touch. And then Taylor, Charlie Taylor, comes in and completely blindsides him from the other side. He's lucky. I don't think he got a yellow card for that. I don't think he did either, but yeah, no, it was absolutely lovely. It was a great ball, great touch. 
lovely exploitation of Charlie Taylor's football ability. <laughs> Two more nominations. Konza, I already mentioned him. Just a little flick over a tackle. And then neatly to John McGinn's right foot, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bailey has been perfecting this now the last few games. One of them, he did it back to our... I think it was back to Luca Dean at one stage, back to left back, and we were, you know, the tweet was going around in the video, and it looked great, but it was like, yeah, but you know, what's he really done? He's just passed it back to the left back. This time, he puts the Abbey through down the line, down the right wing. He just uh, brings the ball behind him, and he drags it, just, a, just shoves that ball up the line then with a flick. It's great stuff. I'm going to give this the winner, actually, even ahead of the Abbey's touch. Yeah, and he tried a very similar one as well. You know, the, when you do that, to, well, you probably don't know this, but you can do that to yourself as well by knocking around the guy but to be fair to charlie taylor i think he read it and just stepped in and won it on the byline but it was again it was it was gorgeous the way he did it like the manipulation of the ball at that level in the premier league is is just something to behold he's he's a brilliant footballer like we always said (laughs) you like them we didn't take a 90th minute penalty award only one person to talk about and two instances it's austin mcphee so let's do it one of them I liked I, I liked the two men on two men on the goal line this time, not just one man standing behind the keeper and the Douglas Louise free almost goes in. In fairness to Austin McVee, his playing around with figurines has created something here. We really need to look at it a bit more. All their teams need to. We got the goal against United. We almost got a goal here. We just changed it up a little bit. We put two men behind the keeper and he just ran out of the way as the ball was being played in this time from the left. But there's one other thing we need to talk about. This is to really decide if Austin McPhee deserves any credit today from an attacking point of view. We had a free, and Leon Bailey hits it into our own wall that we've created. <laughs> <laughs> Burnley had a wall. We set up a wall beside them, and Leon Bailey kicks it into our wall. And I was thinking, I get the idea. They were trying to block the keeper, and obviously they wanted to get out of the way. And the keeper wouldn't see the ball coming. And then I just thought, what happened to the art of free-taking? Well, are people not practicing just getting the ball up and down? Getting it over the wall and back on target? <laughs> Maybe we are complicating this too much. I don't want to sound like that person. But, Jesus, we, we created a second wall. And, of course, we made it harder for ourselves. We doubled the chance that it would get hit, that the ball would hit in, off one of the players. It would be nice to see us have a shot every once in a while from a free-kick. I think you're right. I mean, I think it is at times enjoyable to watch Austin McPhee movies figurines around to see what absolute mayhem we're going to try to create. One instance where I didn't particularly like that was the first nomination for this. It was the <laughs> two, two lads in the goal. I mean, come on, can't you get me nominating this? It's like someone turning up drunk to work the day after New Year's and someone asking him, what do you want to do today? Like, you know, we need a new idea. What have you got? Him? Oh, I don't know, put two on the goal line, I guess. <laughs> like, it worked last time. Surely having two on there, it'll definitely work yeah. this time. And the weirdest thing about this is they both come running out in the direction that the ball is coming in from as well. So you're probably a much bigger risk of an annoying mm. referee saying it's offside. That's a I don't think point, it worked actually. anywhere near as well. And actually, now we're getting to the stage because now there's so much infamy around these routines. <laughs> we're getting to the stage where a referee will look to not be caught out by it. Like, I know this is coming. Like, your reputation precedes you. You're offside. <laughs> not today. Not not against me. Let's do the Vimin meter because, by God, I want to talk about John Duran shooting straight up the Vimin meter. Not only does he very cleverly win the free... <laughs> He's actually really good at defensive set pieces. He's brilliant at them. He just 
he's always there. He, I, I feel very confident. I think there was a long throw this time, and he's just sort of always there at the front of the line. And even if the ball's going over his head, he'll get back. He'll 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 get his neck back, and he'll wrap his head around it, and he'll get it away, and he'll run back out and block it again. He's just pure mayhem. Is the word that you just said a second ago? That's what John Duran is. He, I think he is a bit like Darwin Nunes, and I think he's fast, and I think he's unpredictable, and I think sometimes he doesn't know what's going to happen, and that could spill over as well, just like Darwin Nunes. <laughs> he could get sent off, he could get rattled, he could, you know, probably hard to control in this stage of his career. Obviously, there were stories of him falling out and stuff earlier in the season, and then you bring him back in, and he's heading set pieces away again. He's winning penalties, he's scoring last-minute goals. He's, I don't know, there's just a nice... X factor about him. He's like a joker in the pack. It's just there's something I really like about John Duran, and I think what it is is I don't know what I'm going to get with him. There's something nice about that. Yeah, and you know, you know, I will very readily dismiss players who people purport to be young, but whenever it's the centre forward, the fact that this lad has just turned twenty years old, like there's definitely there's definitely a player in there. There's definitely talent and ability that's going to come out more and more. Because he's got everything else he needs. He's got the desire. He's got all the physical attributes as well. It's just getting that little bit of cleverness in and around the box that will come oh. as he gets as he gets older. <laughs> it's already come. Yeah, yeah. That's I'd say. Like if we're being polite, there we'll say that's his desire to win at all costs because he's also obviously got desire to cheat. Because <laughs> I, I maybe I should couch this a little bit more now because I had Lyle Foster going down. Even though great to see him back. And he obviously got a good goal, even if Martinez was somewhat suspect. But he would rather dive than take a free shot after he already took it round longly, and it's longly. He's not recovering. Like he, he's not going to be able to grab you. He has to grab the wind first to get it out of the way before he can start making <laughs> his recovery run. Lyle Foster had a chance to shoot there, and he went down. But John Duran did at the other end as well. So maybe yeah. we won't go too much about that. It's absolutely pathetic from Foster. And I mean not being able to run away from Longley, not the dive. The dive, the dive is atrocious. I mean, <clears throat> I think that's actually worse than John Duran's. At least John Duran has been kicked. Like Longley, his arm goes up because he's on a football pitch and it, his fingertips brush across Foster's jersey and Foster decides to throw himself on the ground. You're in the box, man. You're facing the right way. You're being marked by Clement Longley. Just score. <laughs> Longley did win a good free on the sideline. Some great work from him. Bit of composure. There was no pass on. He held on to it. He won a free. Might have been the Douglas Louise chance then, but you know, this is the Vyman meter, so I wanted to talk about little moments like that where I was thinking, this boy could go up yet. He's not going up though. And then <laughs> Ezri Kanza, I sort of wanted to put down, but he got a yellow card for protesting a corner. And, you know, it's just it's like this is the one thing that referees have over you like it's the one thing that they can be competent about and they can be sure about it's the one comeback they have for how shit they are you know if you're <laughs> losing an argument and someone still manages to leave themselves open there's something like Ezra Constant just the, the referee is wrong he is he's once again made a bad decision but Ezra Constant has allowed him to just give me a yellow card by roaring in his face I you know there's a bit of passion a bit of annoyance Cons, that ball had to come through to Cons anyway. We know what was happening. And he <laughs> just gets a yellow card for it. I don't need Cons on a yellow card that early in the game for something like that. Yeah, but he was playing Burnley at home. Like I don't think it was that big a concern. I mean, I didn't even bat an eyelid whenever I saw that card being flashed. It, obviously, Conza needs to not scream at a referee. 
But look, it's grand. He was he was playing right back against Burnley. He was he wasn't in any danger of getting himself sent off. Yeah. John McGinn is going up. I mean, the way he protected that penalty, I, I, like the penalty spot for Douglas Soeze. I don't know if you saw this, but there's a few Burnley players that wanted to come over and scuff the, the penalty spot area. And John McGinn <laughs> literally stood over the spot and bent over and stuck his arse out. <laughs> I mean, you're not getting through that. We all know. Like, that is the, one way. <laughs> the one way we can protect Villa Park Fortress. Yeah, there's only there was one other moment though where John McGinn and the or Dougie Louise weren't protecting Villa Park, weren't protecting our backline. It was when Foster scored that offside goal. I mean, this is the only moment that I have against them. Was absolutely dreadful ball from the edge of the box by one of our pivots to our other pivot in the box as well. And mm. the, would you believe that we're wide open after that? And, Luckily, Longley just remembered the offside rule at the last moment and stopped oh his God. run because he was desperate to play Foster onside there. The ball has to be quicker from Burnley. And even if it's not a perfect ball, just playing him behind. There's so much space. I don't know why he's taking that extra touch to then play the ball. Got away with one there and got away with it because our two attacking midfielders are for some reason playing as a double pivot. Well, we know what the reason is because Kamara's an idiot. <laughs> It was so clear for Longley, like it, it, the line was right there, to yeah. the halfway line. All he had to do was look back and see Foster in the wrong side of that line, see himself on the right side of that line, but he still managed to step in and then decide to step back forward again. Now, to, to be fair to Longley, I think he has to keep running because he the pass should have gone. The, pa- the pass should have gone and luckily, as Longley, to be fair, he does really well once he sees. Was it Brownhill take the extra touch? He does stop then, and I actually think it is good defending because he des- desperately needs to get back otherwise because he needs to give himself a head start against Foster, who was in his own half. I saw some Burnley fans sharing on the the line. The line, in fairness, didn't look straight, but <laughs> the line not being straight made it more likely that Burnley would be onside. So they still weren't onside, even though the line wasn't straight in their favour. Like, just look at their feet, unless Clement Longley's got size 18 shoes. Like, he's not playing them onside. Yeah. Going up, Unai Emery, he looked sick. He looked like big puffy eyes. He looked watery. He, he just didn't look well. He looked like a man who presided over the Sheffield United and Man United games. <laughs> <laughs> he did say to us beforehand he wasn't going to enjoy his Christmas until maybe after Burnley. And I'd say definitely after United game, he didn't enjoy the rest of the Christmas period. He just got stuck down to work for for the Burnley match. And let's see, hopefully he can get a few days reprieve now because he, he didn't. He looked under the weather. Yeah, hopefully he gets a few glasses of lemon water and honey in him now because yeah, he didn't he didn't look good. Yeah, but we have to continue to be very demanding because now we're in a good position and now we're in a position to propel ourselves forward into the new year. I've never been as optimistic going into a new year. I've never I'm glad I've popped you around. That only took fifty five minutes. <laughs> I've never enjoyed a year as much as that, to be honest. That was that was unbelievable stuff. The records that we've broken, the amount of wins that we have. Just I I watched Aston Villa walk off that pitch at the end with forty-two points in the league, joint top in the table, the best home record all year long. And the commentator said they'll have to do a lot better next year. <laughs> if they do a lot better next year, they're gonna win the league. So I'm happy enough where Aston Villa are, and I'm happy, I'm absolutely ecstatic that 
we've gotten to a stage where people are looking at Villa win another one, as Luca Dean would say, and they're still saying that's not good enough. Uh, yeah, I can Villa play the way they've played the first half of this or for 2023. They'll by this time next year they'll be the champions and they'll be in the last 16 of the Champions League. I mean, let's get real here. We've been absolutely <laughs> exceptional. And that is something we all have to look forward to. Happy 2024 to everyone. Thanks a million for listening. Share it on if you get the chance because obviously we're late here now. Some people might not have seen it drop. So I would appreciate anybody who can help spread the message as always. But thank you very much. Hope it was a good Christmas break. And I hope you have a fantastic new year. All the best. See you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.